What's up, Coaches Social uh, listeners? We're glad to have you back uh, for another episode. Maybe it's your first episode. Um, either way, we're glad to have you. And uh, we're Shane and I are really looking forward to today's conversation <laughs> <laughs> because uh, the guy that's joining us today, um, he's fascinating. Fascinating wow. to talk to. Wow, that's I said kinda, that. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's kind of I. Um, I'm very humble, humbled, very. Um, appreciative to have this opportunity but uh you know the the words that we've shared throughout leading up to this have been uh you know something that's difficult because i don't think of myself as anything uh anything special i'm just i'm just me i think that's what makes you special honestly okay. really though to be honest you. because you. you just do the stuff yep. and and you don't necessarily just talk about it you do it but uh so the guy that is on the other side of the table today is jason dunning um, from Marion High School, coaches football with Coach Kerry Martin. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, just to get started, why don't you um, just kind of give a background of, of you know, who you are, your teaching, coaching, okay. all that stuff, just so people know who they're hearing from. Who they're hearing from. Okay. Um, yeah, my name is Jason Dunning. Um, i uh fortunate enough to, as, as you said, you know, anytime I can attach myself with uh, Coach Kerry Martin, I – I try to do so because he, uh, we've got a lot of unique roles that we share. Um, I graduated from Carterville High School. I played for Kerry at Carterville High School. I went to McKendree uh, College, had the opportunity to play both football and baseball there. Came home after basically blowing out my shoulder, came home, and he contacted me one day and he's like, hey, what do you think about coaching? I'm like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. And I think it's kind of unique in the fact that I had a plan. And from the religious standpoint, I've learned over the years, and I know this is kind of the foundation of your podcast kind of originally, is that I've learned that, you know, that through your life, things are going to happen. And why they happen, I'm not exactly sure, but I've just learned to kind of believe in things. And at the time, I had a direction that I thought my life was headed. And Carrie stepped in and asked me to start coaching. And at that time, it was like, okay, I'm finishing up at SIU. Um, I really don't have anything going on. I've always loved competition and sports. So I'll give this thing a shot. And I could not be more thankful and appreciative of the opportunity because originally I thought, okay, I'll give this coaching thing a shot. And now I've fallen in love with it. I love teaching. I love coaching. Um, I coached with Kerry at Carterville. And then whenever he decided to make the move to Marion, he said, hey, let's go to lunch one day. And I knew something was up because, you know, he, he that's not what we kind of do. But he asked me to go to lunch and said, hey, I'm thinking about taking this job, but I'm only taking it if I can bring my guys with me. And so he brought me to Marion, and since then, it's been since 2001 that we've been at Marion, and I've worked from the secondary coach to now the defensive coordinator for him. And so I'm very, very blessed, very lucky. And and we've got – we are friends. We are – head coach, assistant coach. We are, you know, a lot of different. He is a father figure that I have known since I was, 
a junior in high school. And uh, once um, my dad passed away, he has kind of in some ways taken over that role. He was in my wedding. And so it's been, we've got a lot of different relationships on different levels that we share. But I couldn't be more happy to be working with him. He's the only head coach I've ever worked for. And so it's a unique uh, situation that I'm very, very thankful for. You know, that's that's such a cool cool story because you know what we want this podcast to be is just people sharing their stories and finding encouragement and, and different things from each other and so it's so cool to see the impact that that carrie had on your life mm-hmm. still has on your life mm-hmm. and now all that is pouring out of you into other kids yes and I so know. that's just so cool to to see you know and and you know jd just getting to know you over the years and knowing carrie you know since i was in high school competing against you guys when you were at carterville and now you know after I step out of, of playing into coaching and getting to learn from you, we don't even coach the same sports, Mm-mm. you know, but it's so cool because we share so much things between so, each so other and we've gotten to know each other and have, and have developed such a good relationship. It's just great that coaching is coaching no matter what sport you are, because the sport is the sport, but making those relationships Absolutely. and reaching those kids that's what's important and making the connections with each other to find and, and get support from one another. I think that's just, it's a great story and it's a great thing. And it's, it's so awesome to see that relationship of you and coach Martin through the years. And now here you are, you know, your son's here and he, he's, he's, you know, he, he gets the same stuff that, that coach Martin was pouring into you. And so it's just, exactly. it's a cool full circle. Yeah. And, and even like, like what you were just saying about, you know, you never considered coaching or, or whatever. And then when he asked, you know, I'll give it a shot. I relate to that a lot with Shane because that's exactly what happened with me. I, I was in physical therapy, nothing to do with sports anymore. Mm-hmm. And then he asked me the same thing. Hey, I got this head coaching job. I'd like for you to come and do it with mm-hmm. me. My same thought was, yeah, that'd be, that'd be cool. I'll try it out. Let's see. And then yeah. fell in love mm-hmm. with not, and it's not the sport side of it really. I mean, that that's just a bonus of it. Oh, 100%. you know, but it's it, and now my my career has changed because of it, mm-hmm. and now working with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes because of an opportunity that he gave me mm-hmm. that never would have, I, I would never have been in this seat had I not just been like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. One hundred percent. And and I think back to that day and and how you know it just the timing, the timing was perfect. The timing was right. I was at a position where. You know, this route I still thought and so I had an interest in, but I thought I'd give this a sh- shot and immediately fell in love and it changed my life, it changed my career, and I could not, you know, I could not be happier in the influence of of him and his family and my family. And, you know, it's, it's just tremendous opportunity. And, and to just touch on what Shane was talking about, coaches are coaches. Yes, it's football versus basketball, but – when it still comes down to it, you know, and I listened to, to kind of preface myself for doing this, listen to some of your previous podcast stuff. And it's all the stuff that we still talk about. What is your why? You know, Urban Myers, E plus R equals O, which we love and talk about that to our kids because, yeah, it's about coaching, but if we only coach for wins and losses, we're really not doing our job because we're trying to build players up 
you know, male or female to be better people, better human beings, better husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, and going, okay, you at some point are going to be faced with decisions. You're going to have an event with your life and how you respond not just affects you, it affects everybody else. And we're using it, yes, between the whistles during the game time, but can we teach you something, a life skill that carries over and that you can use later that I can use with him, use with my daughter? And coaching is coaching, whether it's football, basketball, or me working with my daughter on her stuff, gymnastics and cheerleading, it's still can I get something out of you that you did not think you had? And all of a sudden you see it and it's like, that's freaking awesome. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about coaches. One of the things I love, I guess the main thing I love about coaches are coaches who lead by example. You know, we're not, we're not just saying stuff. We're living it out. And, and when I think of one coach who does that, it's this guy right here. <laughs> because, and so, you know, talk about the training aspect. Obviously, we all try to lead by example. We're still very active. Um, you know, obviously we, we met this morning in the weight room. So again, we're in the weight room together and, you know, we come down here and just try to do stuff. And especially as we get older, we're trying just to reinvent things and do things differently and, and just see what we can do. But I don't think anybody does as much as this guy. Would you agree to that? Uh, that's exactly <laughs> why we're having this conversation. So, so, so JD will, will send me messages about workouts and I get sick to my stomach just reading <laughs> the workouts. He just did that to me the other day because you fit well, and, and we'll let you explain okay. everything that you've been doing. But yeah, sent me his 75, 75th day of 75 hard. And uh-huh. we'll, we'll, again, we'll go through all that, but for the fifth time. For the fifth time. <laughs> so, so, okay. So to preface that, and, yeah. and we'll go into the, the mental toughness side of this, which is, I guess we could say the, the main focus for today's okay. conversation. Um, actually, first first question. Okay. To, to set the groundwork here. Just your your estimation um, on a weekly basis, just like a rough average in your own head. How many times a week does someone ask you about your calves? <laughs> oh, I get that. That is great, yes. Yeah, that's just one thing that I get identified on, and I love it that people will come up and just random people, and they're like, Hey, all the time, isn't it, buddy? Yeah, <laughs> I, I've I've had people actually. I just two days ago had a meeting with a guy in Marion, a youth pastor, and through stuff we were talking about FCA stuff, and and so I brought your name up, and he's like, Jason, oh, Coach Cavs, and I was like, Yep, that's it, <laughs> that's it. You know, and it's it's funny because after all the training and all the learning and all the working with kids, it is something that I wish I had an answer for. And Coach Martin and I laugh about a lot that we wish that we would have came up with any of these things that you see. The old toe training shoe, the going, hey, let's come up with this infomercial and show. Hey, this is before, this after. Um, he, he can back me up on this. I wish I had an answer of what I did. And I can tell you this, <laughs> it is nothing. I have just been blessed with these since I was little. And um, I did talk to a buddy of mine in college that was going through kinesiology, the, the study of movement and body. And I said, hey, if I really put an emphasis on working my calves, working them diligently, I said, how will they change? And he goes, 
I would advise you this. You're after the age of competing, I would not do anything because all it would look like is a bigger just mass. You would lose all definition to it. And I was like, okay, then I'm going to not do very much and I'm gonna just keep it. But 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 to be to be honest, yes. And I had a gentleman whenever I was still working out at Gold's, they got really, really offended and really mad because he thought that I was disclosing or keeping some secret training <laughs> technique from him. And That's he good. he got upset about it because he's like, just tell me. I'm like, honestly, I haven't done anything. I was just blessed with these from a little, little kid. And they're there and, you know, they don't do, they don't, I can't jump. And to two <laughs> basketball guys, you will find this, you know, humorous that you would think, okay, based on, built and the size and the calves that I'd be able to jump. I have never been able to touch the rim <laughs> except on a trampoline or on an eight foot goal in my life. Uh, but yes, I get that. I get that quite, uh, quite often. I think maybe. So when we put this episode out, it'll be should, well, it should be next week that <laughs> instead of a, a headshot promo, we'll just get a shot. Just, of your just show that. Everybody will know that. who it is. And, and, and it's funny because people, will that same thing they identify not necessarily they don't recognize the name but they're like okay that's it we know who that is yeah we knew we know who that is so so yeah it's just one of those actually things. last week um so coach martin had you guys had your football camp your youth mm -hmm. camp my nephew was there and my dad was there with him one day and i'd called him on the phone and he's i'm sitting in the stands watching you know and uh I told him that we were going to be recording a podcast with you. And I said, you know, he's a buddy of ours. And he's like, which one is he? He's trying to, he's looking. I'm like, he's got huge calves. He's like, oh, yep. He's right there. Got him. <laughs> got him. Got him. But yeah. So um, one thing I did want to touch on before we get started, and you guys both hit on it, is I think in today's society, culture, age group amongst the athletes, they can see through any anything that's fake and if you're out there just telling them hey you got to do this do this do this they're not understanding why and they want to know the why on is it because of drill is it because of this is it whatever and i think you're giving them a false definition by just telling them to go and do it and they want to know why, and th that's a big thing on me is that I want to, and I and I and I believe wholeheartedly, I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I haven't already done. No matter what it is, even even we we love doing, and I'm sure we'll get into this. We love doing a grit segment, and it can be something. And and I've tell the kids, you know, I've done this. I am giving you instructions on how to do it. And giving you a heads up, do not go out this guns of blazing. This is a mental grit workout. And I don't think you can really put the kids through something that you haven't done. And I said, I'm I'm a believer. And these guys know if I'm doing something, it's gonna be challenging because I've already been through it. I've already pushed myself. Well, I think that so that leads to the reason like the the statement that you made to me a few a couple months ago that led to the idea of let's sit down and talk about this is you were telling me 
uh, about the basically the physical things that you've been doing the last couple of years, and I'll let you explain that to okay. give some some preface or some some background to it. But you made the statement to me that you, what you've learned is is you believe that there's no really physical toughness. toughness. Everything is a mental toughness. Everything is mental toughness. You know, and and we have coaches have put kids whether it's basketball running suicide drills or it's whatever type of conditioning for the sport that you've made the statement to the kid the mind is going to tell you to quit long before the body does which to me that is all going okay we have got to train the mental side of things that you can go through this you have to find that you know and i've got some quotes that i i live by wholeheartedly and one of those is Get comfortable being uncomfortable. I'm going to push you through something because I know, and my job as a coach is get you to grow. You don't think you're going to make it through it. You don't think you're going to push through that wall. Well, then you find out, you get to that wall and you push through. There's a whole nother level on the other side of it. And this kind of all kind of started by challenging myself. How far can I go? And then you realize, I got through that, and I'm fine. Now, how much further can we push this? And then once you develop that level of mental toughness that, you know, I don't know what the word is. I call it find your dark place. Find that place that you can go. And if it's breaking down the workout to one segment at a time, then you get success and you can kind of build. Or it's just getting the mind to shut off just shut off for a second don't think about the workload whatever it is that you have to do just get the job done and you know i heard um matt frazier one of the big big crossfitters he put a statement and and this is something that i i have in my garage it's something i see it's on my mirror which drives my wife nuts but it's on the mirror that I'm going to do today what others aren't willing to do so I can do tomorrow what others can't. And it's going, getting that mindset, you're going to push through. It's not going to be comfortable today. But is it going to pay off in the long run? And I think, Justin, you and I kind of talked, but before we got started with this, as coaches, you can't tell the kids to be tough and work through something unless you – put them through something uncomfortable ahead of time. And I think at Marion, we have won a lot of ball games because we practice in the heat, we deal with the heat, you know, and as as coaches, you know, when you get tired, fatigue makes cowards of us all, and they lose that ability to focus. So we're going to do things when it's not comfortable. And then once they can get comfortable at that uncomfortable stage – and we can keep our brains about ourselves, we can keep our technique sound, we're going to be able to do more quality reps than what that other person, that other team. And seeing, you know, and it's something we talk about, when you can get the other guy to physically break, you've got them. You know, and and to steal from, you know, I heard Coach Saban tell him, make them quit. And once you get to that point and you see it as a competitor, your level rises, or at least 
mine does, and I see it in our guys, that we've been there. We played Rochelle on a Saturday afternoon, week one, four or five years ago, and we saw it. We're hot. They're, they're hot. And all of a sudden, you start seeing the hands on the knees. And we are big about body language. Even if you're tired, even if you're, you know, sluggish, show the body language that you're still there and you would be amazed. And our guys start to see it. And now it's like blood in the water and we've got them. You know, that's a, that's a great point you made. Because uh, I firmly believe as human beings, we, we adapt to whatever situations, but we can't adapt until we push ourselves to that level. If Amen. we if we stay in that you stay right in that below that zone. red line, you're never going to see that next spot. So you've got to get there. Mm-hmm. And as coaches, that's kind of our job to put kids in those situations. In those situations. To where they have to. Mm-hmm. Because when they get there, then they see, oh, I can do more. Or I am capable of doing more than what I thought. And then that's where I think we have that special conversation, see, where you can go to them and see, I knew you could do this. Mm-hmm. You didn't know you could. I believe in you. I know you can do this. I oh. know there's more in there. And then I think that's where you build those special bonds oh. with those kids is when, is when you get to that point where they think they're going to break, but yet they don't. And they're like, hey, I can trust this guy. I'm so good. so let's talk about your journey in this. Okay. Were, was there a point in your life when you switched into this type of mode? Were you always this way? Was it from your injury, maybe maybe the college injuries that kind of shifted your mindset a little bit, or I, like like when did it happen in JD's life when he was like, okay, I'm not, I'm I'm done this. I, yeah, <laughs> now I'm just gonna keep going. Yeah, now I'm gonna keep going. Um, I think to answer your question, Shane, I think yes, yes, and yes. That I think I've always been this way. I've always been one that the competitive side, I'm gonna do more than what you are. You may be better at it, but I am going to do more than what you are. And I feed off of when other people get to the point and they can't do it. I'm going, okay, I can keep doing it. It gives me a re, you know, yes, I'm hurting, but it gives me a re, you know, a, a reboost of energy. But I think, I think one of the telltale points was about five or six years ago. I had both shoulders due to genetics, due to being tough on my body. I had both shoulders completely replaced. And it took me to ground level. And I had to start and to get through that process of rehab, it was time in that dark, dark space of going, okay, this physically hurts, but it's an opportunity that, you know, we talk about with our players a lot. If you start building something and it starts going awry and you start building a program and you start letting something slip and now it doesn't look as good and the foundation isn't good, if you continue to build on that, it's going to come crashing down. So you've got to wipe it out, start all over. So it made me go to restart from the ground up. I mean, I'm talking bench press with five pounds and I mean it was a very humbling experience and then it's like okay I could go to this place and start to get through and build it where a lot of people would be like this hurts too much I'm done so it kind of started from there and then taking that concept and putting it with what we were learning with three-dimensional coaching and putting this with 
talking to other guys and coaches out there and your 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 circle and going, okay, I can take this and put my kids through the same thing. Now I've got evidence that I can tell them and talk with them about and building those relationships. And it just started from there. And then it's being amazed personally, hey, I got through this. Hey, I got through this. Hey, I got through this. And now I'm doing things that I couldn't do prior to the surgery and going, hey, I've got a new outlook on this. And then it's just getting smart and researching. And and now it's just a firm belief of, hey, the, you know, we we talk about in order to grow, you've got to get outside of the box. And what you thought, whether it's Roger Bannister and running the, you know, the, the fast mile or whatever it is going, hey, there's a new end out there. And after I was done competing, trying to find that drive because I'm no longer competing. I'm still young. I'm still active, um, staying healthy after losing both parents to heart attacks became a real, real defining reason on why, why stay in shape. And then it just kind of evolved from there. And now I'm just amazed that if I flash back within my own life and look at what I've done over the past few years, that was never even a thought going, Hey, you could go and do a 24 hour race. That was never even on the radar. But then all of a sudden I did one and I was fine and I did one and it's fine. And it's funny. I was talking with coach Martin, this whole tough mutter concept that came from a silly TV show about 10, 12 years ago. He called me up and said, Hey, have you heard of this guy in this show? And I said, no. And I watched it. And as soon as I saw it, I'm like, that looks so much fun. That looks so much fun, which I know I'm wired a little differently than what most people I think are. I see that and I see it. it's fun. Other people look at that and go, there's not a chance. I'm not doing that. Yeah, actually. So Shane and I did our first stuff. Mother. Was it 2014? Yeah, And we're down in Nashville, south of Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. We're in line getting ready to start our thing, and, and we're standing there and looking around. You know, there's hundreds of people. And he goes, I think that's Coach Martin up there. Mm-hmm. And there you guys were. And, and, there and, you were. And, and we did right it. Right ahead of us. And, you know, and the thing I love, and, you know, I, I hope that I can be an influence on someone. But what what gets me is you tell people, hey, I do I do these obstacle course races. It's fun. You run a little bit. You do an obstacle. You run a little bit. You do an obstacle. People are like, oh, that sounds kind of fun. They're like, how long is it? And I go, oh, eight to ten miles. And immediately they throw up that wall to themselves. And they're like, oh, there's no way I can do that. Right. And I'm like, no, you can't. You can do this. And to take other people and get them to go and do that, I'm like, I'm not doing the tough mutter, I'm not going to invite you to come do it and then say, see ya, take off. I get joy on getting other people to do things, whether it's coaching or tough mutter or coming and working out with us to get them to do things that they couldn't do before. That drives me. That motivates me. And I tell them, 
I've already it's it's like game day. I've already done my race. I've already prepared. This is just fun for me to help others do things that they couldn't couldn't do. And whenever I'm struggling and and I'm just like anybody else, I need my motivation at times. And to hear people, I'm like, yeah, I'm training for this. They're like, you're nuts. Well, that just fuels me because I think back to that quote, you know, this is something that I train to do because either A, you don't want to do it, or more importantly, B, you can't do it. And I can, and that motivates me. And then I look over, you know, he's on his, his, his phone, but I look and go, I want to, I want to be a influence on them. And I want to be influenced on he and my daughter and, and others. You know, you, you talked about people throwing up that wall because they automatically say, oh, I can't do that. You know, and I'm going to butcher this story, so please don't quote it for exactly what it is. But I, I was reading a story one time, and it, and it was a, an African tribe, and they ran like it was an ungodly amount of miles daily. Mm-hmm. And they just did it day after day after day after day. And, and somebody was there, and they were asking them why, like, how is that possible? And, and, and you know why it was possible? Because no one told them it wasn't. It wasn't. No it, one told them it, that's not possible. And, and so they just did it because they could do it. They could do it. And I think about, you know, they didn't start doing that. They started running from here to the tree line. And then the next day they came and ran from here to the tree line plus a little bit more. And then it just becomes go. And I think about, you know, during the time, you know, the, the one thing that these tough mothers have taught me is that, you know, you're out there for a long time by yourself. And so what you allow your head and your mind to do, and I think I've ran a couple half marathons. I've trained, and I do not like, I don't enjoy running, but I enjoy doing Tough Mudders because you're able to think, okay, I've got this next obstacle. I've got this next thing. And it allows for, you know, steps in there for, for you to grow and going, okay, before I was just happy to finish. Now I want a place. Now I want to do a, you know, I want to do multiple events in the same day. Now I want to do a 12-hour race, and then it's just it's just grown. And it's just gotten to the point where I continue to do these things because, one, I can, and you can. And two, I enjoy it. I enjoy seeing where the body can go. And I think about prior to that surgery, I couldn't do a lot of the stuff that I'm doing now. And now I'm able to do it pain-free. I don't tell, now I don't tell my doctor that I do any of this, but, <laughs> but, but it is what it is. So, but you're right. Cause you know, I, I think back to, you know, when we got into doing go ruck events, you know, we, we did our, our first event in St. Louis and it was just, it was a 12 hour event and, and we were doing it. And I remember it was, the sun was coming out, it was getting hot. And I remember I look at him and I'm go. I am never, ever doing one of these again, ever. And? I put my wall up. Uh-huh. Two weeks later, I signed up for a 24-hour event. Because, Correct. Wait, I survived that. It really wasn't all that bad because here I am mm-hmm. walking, breathing, living just like I was before. But now I'm going to go do a 24-hour event. So I do a 24-hour event, and I'm with Jason Rimmon, and I'm like, I'm never doing this again. So what do I do? I sign up for a three-day event. And, you know. Yeah. But you get to that point, and I think that's where the mind comes into play. We... 
we throw up that wall, we quit, we say we're never going to do it. But then maybe as time goes on, we realize, okay, that really wasn't all that bad. It wasn't bad, yeah. And I think I could do more. And then we do more. And so it's, it's just amazing how our mind, and you know, you've heard the saying, we can be our own worst enemy. But I think in every aspect of our lives, we can throw up walls and we say, oh, I can't do that. Or, oh, that's not for me. Or, oh, someone else was supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's the case. For oh. I think there are things that we can do, we can walk into. And I'm not just talking about the physical aspect of life. I'm talking about every aspect of every life. Every aspect. We throw up a wall and we say, nope, sorry, that's not for me. But maybe it is for us. All we got to do is take that step and then realize. You're going to be okay. Yeah. And, and you, just like we build, you know, we get in the weight room to build muscle. I think you put yourself through stuff to build a mental toughness that, hey, I'm, I I can handle this, and then it then it carries over into life and go. Okay, you have been given something. You face adversity, and now you've got something to fall back on and go. I've been through tough stuff, you know. Yes, that stuff is physical, but this stuff is more, you know, relationship issues, whatever it may be. You know, you're going to get through. You know, the sun is going to come up. The next day, you know on your 24-hour ruck event, you saw daylight. You're going through, you know, just to put kind of a parable to it, you're going through the darkness. You're questioning yourself. Then all of a sudden, the sun comes up. It's a whole new day. It sparks you, gives you some energy, and now you've accomplished something that you originally thought was impossible. And now you've gotten through it, and you're fine. And then you go back and you start thinking about Hey, that was cool. That was fun. Remember when this happened? Now you've got that 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 fuel again to start training and putting in putting in the work and going. Okay, I can do this. I can. Yeah, and, and I think a, a big point with all this is, like, yeah, we're talking about a lot of you know physical uh, events and things like that that we like to prepare for and do, but it all works together. Oh, a thousand percent. The, the physical things that you experience affect your mental and your spiritual mm-hmm. and vice versa. Every one of them affects everything. So in in this realm of stuff, like when you accomplish these things that we're talking about, it does translate into everything else that you're doing because when life stuff happens, you're able to reflect on those things and realize I can push through a lot more, whether it's relational stuff or emotional, whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it does build your capacity in every other Amen. aspect of life. Yes. And I, and I think too, um, we talked to our kids. I talked to my students in health class that you've got to find whatever it is that's your thing. You know, when you're mentally stressed out, when you're mentally going through something, what grounds you? What brings you back to reality? Put things on a level plane. You know, and I think as coaches, we get frustrated. We go through the ups and downs, the roller coaster of the season. We're going through the bad times, and it's not their fault. You know, and I come home from practice at times. I'm, I'm aggravated. I'm upset. You know, I'm not going to take it out on them. It's not their fault. You know, it's not my wife's fault. It's not the kid's fault. What grounds you? And I know this, I can go into that garage and those weights don't talk back. Those weights don't, you know, they allow me to release some of that tension. So then I can go inside and hey, everything's good. I, I, I release that. I don't want to let it boil over to the point, you know, and, and at the thing I think that's unique about us as humans is 
what drives one may not drive that other person. That's for sure. And going, hey, I think you need to come work out with me. No, that stresses me out. I don't want to do it. Okay, find your it. Find your whatever it is that, that, that grounds you so that you don't let that stress become a social thing or an emotional thing or a mental thing. Find whatever grounds you. It, that that all goes back to what you know the the last series that Shane and I did, but and then you talked about at the beginning the E plus R equals O. Thousand percent, yes. It, it, it all everything can fall into that category, mm-hmm. right there. That you that you got your event. How are you going to respond to it? Are you going to go home and blow up, or are you going to go home and find whatever your release is to let that event you know dissolve, diffuse, and now. You know, your outcome didn't affect anybody else. Right. You kept it within you. And, you know, and it's as coaches, you know, that's us. We, we strive for a level, you know, of excellence. And if we don't meet it, we're aggravated and we're questioning. And it's like, okay, I just need a few minutes. I need to go and do some cleans. I need to go for a run. I need to go do whatever this is to allow myself to get back to me so that my response doesn't affect and doesn't become an event for them. Oh, dad came home. He's mad. You know, practice must have not been good. Okay, we better we better leave him alone. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't want that. Just give me give me a few minutes, and I'll be yeah. I'll and, be good. It grounds me. And those releases are a much healthier approach than oh, some of the alternatives. And, too. And some of the other stuff you can do. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I think you know we're relating this to a physical thing, but it's still, you're a human being and don't let how you respond affect other people. Right. You know? Yep. So. Um, okay. So you mentioned about you do a lot of tough mutters and mm-hmm. you've worked up to doing 24 hour ones and stuff. So just give us a rundown of the, the things in the last few years that you've done. Like I know you've done a number <laughs> of the 24, but then like, and that was what led to the, our conversation you're uh-huh. saying about because then when COVID happened, some training things yeah. changed and the Murphs and yeah. The- so so some of the craziest, I guess, what others would consider craziest, what I consider kind of kind of normal, I guess, is the two of the biggest influences. One is a program called Seventy Five Hard, and a guy Andy Fricelli out of St. Louis, he owns First Form Nutrition, came up with this program. I had no idea what it was. Some very good friends of ours, Matt and Melissa Short, they own Stack Nutrition. You know, Matt has been with me through both world events, world's toughest, the 24-hour races. He's been at those as a influence. But he's like, hey, I want you to look at this. And most people who do 75 hard are taking on the challenge to try to lose weight. I would say that's probably the number one reason people jump on there. Well, I looked at it and I may have a different perspective, but how I see it, it is a mental toughness thing that you've, there's some foundational points. You have to work out twice a day. You have to read a nonfiction book, which for me is really, really hard. I didn't grow up. I don't enjoy reading. If it's about, a defense or a coaching concept, I'll read that part. But as far as reading the whole book, I hadn't done so since high school and college. And even then, 
I was a cliff note guy. I would yeah. steal and ask questions. I remember you told me that, uh, well, you and Coach Martin, we were all three of us were talking about it, and you, I, you said that you hadn't read a book in however many, and he's, I'm like, how does Coach Martin's reading? He reads everything. He reads everything. He said, no, he'll send me little snippets. Yes. If he thinks it's something I need, I'll read the little snippet, and that's it. I, I'll read that, or he'll take a picture and send this page or this, you know, and so I sit down. Now, Urban Meyer's book, yeah, I read that. Legacy, talking about, you know, talking about the rugby team. I read that. Well, actually, I'm going to clarify something. I listened to that. <laughs> I, I, I listened to it while I did some workouts. But, yes, Coach Martin's been an influence there, but I didn't do it because I wanted to. I didn't do it. I was doing it because he suggested it, and, hey, I'll go through, and maybe I'll learn something. You know, Urban Meyer's book, yes, I can, E plus R equals O, I, I fell in love with that concept. But the one of the things that 75 at Hard has taught me is it's not just the workout. It's the fact of you have to get that in no matter what. No matter what. And that motivated me and, dro and drove me. And I, if there's one aspect of my physical part that I know I need work on, it's nutrition. I eat horribly. I eat because I eat that. I don't like a lot of stuff. I don't eat green vet. I don't eat any vegetables, hardly at all. But 75 hard has put me in a place where it's all mental. It's a mental grind. Can you do something 75 consecutive days? Can you do it when you don't want to do it? It's easy to get up and work out during your convenient time. But as a coach doing it through the season, and Justin, I mentioned this to you in our text message, I am not going to put my family through that time. I'm not going to... Um, I'm not going to sacrifice that family time with them to do something that's selfish for me. So that means those workouts are really, really early. And during football season, they're really, really late. You know, I will come home from practice, eat dinner with them, spend time with them, and then do my film work, do my prep work. And it may be 9.30, 10, 10.30. 11 o'clock before I go and do the second workout. And it's about mentally, yeah, it'd be easy to just look at your phone, click that you did it and you didn't do it. But now you've got to stare into the mirror and, and look at the number one validator of everything and go, okay, you did that, but you didn't really do it. And going, okay, mentally tough is saying, no, I committed to this. And I think, I think you or Coach Hill used a term yesterday about being relentless. You know, it's finding a program, and no matter what, I'm going to do this. Come rain, come shine, I'm going to get that second workout in when it's not convenient, when it's not easy. And that's one of the things I love about the program is every person can define the, 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 the few key core concepts. You know, you get to define what a workout is. I mean, the three of us are at ages, we can't push 100 miles an hour 
every day. So it's being smart and going, hey, I can go and stretch for 45 minutes or I can go do yoga for 45 minutes or I can go on a walk with my family for 45 minutes. That that counts. You can define that as a workout or you know, it wants you to follow a diet plan. I don't want to be told what I have to eat, what I, no, be smart about it. You know, for me, it was cutting out fried foods, chocolates, and sweets. Yeah, that's a sacrifice that I have to make. Mentally, it's challenging, you know, and I'm not going to make my family sacrifice and eat what I'm eating. No, they're going to eat what they're eating, and I'm either A, not going to eat that and just sit at Dairy Queen or sit there at the restaurant and then get home and it's going to be chicken and rice or, you know, so I love the concept. I would recommend 75 hard to anybody, but back to your, uh, I got sidetracked you know, real quick before you jump in there. Cause first as an advisor of first form, I'll help you with your nutrition. We'll get that going, <laughs> but talking about, you know, 75 hard. So, so being a part of the company, I've gotten to see the inside works of how the company works. You know, mm-hmm. last summer we were able, we went up to headquarters and we actually met Andy and awesome. sat and talked with him and all that. So, so we'll get that. We'll we'll get you up there. We'll okay. And I'm actually actually heading up there to, for this weekend after we're done here. But getting to know the insides and outs of the company and how Andy operates and all that. One thing that you know when I went through seventy five hard, seventy five hard that taught me was a lot of people rely on motivation. They rely on some feeling. For them mm. to go out and do the things that they do. And what I've learned through this company and through Andy and through 75 Hard is some days I wake up and I don't want to do anything. Correct. But you know what? I'm I wrote it. it down on the paper that I was going to do it, so I'm going to go do it. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a discipline aspect oh, instead of a motivation aspect. And that's what I got out of you know, going through 75 Hard. It wasn't just doing it to get in better shape. It was doing things because I said I right. was going to do them no matter how I felt. Be relentless on your commitment to that. And I think that goes to the whole premise of what we've been talking about this morning is that's developing mental toughness. Yeah, it's not fun. It's not fun doing it. You know, I said... Because, um, you know, one thing is feelings aren't exactly the best indicator on if we should or shouldn't do something yeah. or how we should act. Like, yeah. you know, it's... You signed up for it. I said, said, yes, I committed to it. Boom. I'm going to do it. So I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go do it. And I think, you know, for me, I didn't start years and years ago. I'm like everybody else. I don't want to get up every day at 4.08. So time the alarm goes off because that allows me to get my stuff in, do everything I want to do. And if last night was a long night of, film or a long night of whatever it was you still made this commitment you still said you're going to do that and bottom line the alarm's still getting up you know and i i look i've i've fallen into you know i wear this whoop strap it tells me every day what your recovery is um i think i'm very fortunate that my body has been built to a point where I recover very, very quickly, very easily. And even if I wake up and I'm in the red and I'm low recovery, you're still going to get through this workout. You're still going to do it. It may be a little harder than what it was last week, 
but you're going to do it, you know, and, and, um, I've done some things that looking back on, I thought there's no way I can do that. You know, five times of going through 75 hard, you know, I finished time four right before we talked about doing this Yeah, and I was planning on going, okay, worlds is here. This is here. Here's my schedule. I'm going to take about five, six weeks off to just relax, recover, get in line for the next time I've got to do it. And then I had two people that I work out with go, Hey, Monday, we're starting 75 hard. And I'm thinking, okay, you know what? They're going to do it. I'm in. So I took four days off between finishing four and starting five. And it was just like, go, you know, and going, okay, I am not going to let my friends go through this alone. So I'm going to jump back in and do this again. And then, you know, the, 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 they've stuck to it for the most part, but it's like, okay, you recommitted yourself and now do it. Um, but I like that, you know, we talked about this, Justin, is at the start of COVID. Yeah, so when things, as a, as a teacher, you know, I wasn't working. I wasn't at school. Um, I did 75 hard again. I had other people that were coming to work out because the high school was shut down. All the gyms were shut down. And Coach Martin had kind of thrown out. And I'm, you know, he is who he is. And he suggests stuff. And. Sometimes he just throws it out there to see if I'll bite on it or not. But he sent a thing and said, hey, a guy did the Murph every day for 30 days. I thought, hey, that's kind of, okay. Okay, I don't have anything else going on. So I started doing the, the hey, Murph. Hey, first off, let's, for people who are listening that don't know what the Murph okay. is, okay. let's, let's because I don't want them to lose any <laughs> any detail okay. of what this is. So the Murph is after a a it's a hero workout named after a Navy SEAL Michael Murphy who who died in in action fighting for our country. I believe the movie Lone Survivor. Right? Lone was, Survivor is of, is made yeah. after the, his story and and what he did. So he would do it out in training. He had put his put his gear on, put his weight, you know, put his protection on, put his weighted gear, and he would run a mile, do a hundred pull-ups, two hundred push-ups, three hundred air squats, and then run another mile. And so it's become it's a Memorial Day CrossFit hero workout. So to do it, you know, Coach Martin sent it to me. Hey, do you think you could do this every day for a month? I'm like, oh boy, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it every day for a month. So I was like, okay, the line's been drawn. Let's go. Let's see if we can do this. So getting through it in the first few days, you're like, oh boy, I don't know if I can do this. And then you start the workout. It never got easy, but it got easier. And I just started and I would go in there to the mirror and I'd check off a day and check off a day. Well, then after about, 15, 20 days, I'm getting to where I can kind of cruise through and I, I can do this. And I'm feeling good because this is something that a lot of people train all year to do it one time to get through the MRF. And here it is. I'm doing it as kind of a, well, I got one guy coming at this time. 
Got another guy coming a couple hours later. You know what? I'm going to do this as my workout for whenever they get there. So I made it through about the first 20 days. And then I decided, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to do the month. Well, then I get to day 30 and blow out my time. Ran my fastest PR. And I'm like, I want to see how many days I can do this. So I went from 30 and I thought, okay, I'm going to set my, I'm going to set my goal of 50 days. Well, then I got to 50 and I set a new PR and there'd be days, some days it would be, okay, I just want to get through it. So I would just kind of pace myself, work on form, work on technique. Some days it was okay. Give me the vest. We're going to go to town. We're going to go and go after this. And then some days it would be okay. I want to chase that PR. You know, because once again, it was like, can you get through the Murph? Now, can you do the Murph in this amount of time? Now, how can you get faster at doing the Murph? So then I got to 50 days. I thought, okay, I'm going to throw this out there. I'm going to throw it out and see how far I can go. And I was like, I'm going to go to 100 days. 100 days of the Murph every single day, either before those guys came over to work out or after or whatever. And so then... And ultimately, my main training motivation is for World's Toughest, which is a 24-hour race, and going, okay, if I can put myself through the Murph, I can put myself through anything because I've already been through those hard, hard times. So then got through 75, and I could see the light at the end of the tunnel. And then I'll never forget Murph 100. I'm like, okay, I am going to go for a new PR. And I said, I need you guys here to help push me. Because I knew if I could get done with the first mile, get to the workload, the workload had become my wheelhouse. I can do 5, 10, 15, or 10, 20, 30, depending on if I had the vest on or not. And I'm like, I'm going to go. But I really need you guys there for that last, last mile. Because if I want to break my time, I'm going to need some motivation because I run to run. I run because I have to, not because I necessarily enjoy it. I don't enjoy going out and running eight, 10 miles. I don't, I don't do that. And so um, they came over, they were there and it was motivating. And I just pushed and I said, don't show me the clock because I didn't want to get into, I got to be at this time because then knowing if I'm not done with the work with this time left, I'm not going to make my goal. I said, I'm just going to send it, as they say. And so I got on there, and then I could tell by their body language that I was close of going. And my whole goal was to do it under 30 minutes without a vest. And so I finished in 28.48 on, <laughs> on, on, on the Murph. On day 100. On day 100. Yeah, and you should have been some – fatigue and but no I kind of was smart about it leading up to it and then just to kind of add to it this past Memorial Day we did Murph over at RSP and Energy and I had a group there and we we had it and I wore the vest and I don't know if I can't count or I don't know if the group of people I was with didn't count right but you go out there and you've got to run eight laps around their little front parking lot. 
And I was pretty diligent because I took a rubber band and I moved it, you know, around each finger like like referees do so I can keep keep track of where I was at. And I was the first one out because I had a goal. I wanted to go, you know, I wanted to go sub 45 with the vest. I was like, okay, I know in order to do that, I've got to get out of the gate and run. Well, I was the first one out. Nobody passed me. Well, all of a sudden, you know, and I didn't look around. As I came back into the building to start doing the work, I noticed everybody else was already in there. Everybody else was already working. I turn around, look, there's nobody out still running. And all of a sudden, the 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 darkness wall came over and I just went to I just went to work. And I didn't look at the clock, I didn't look at anybody else. I just started hammering the workout. And I went 10 straight rounds of 5, 10, 15 with the vest on, unbroken. And then I stepped back, took a couple deep breaths, took a drink of water, attacked the next five, attacked the next five, still hadn't looked at the clock. Took out, finished up the laps, came back in, looked at it, and was blown away because I went 38 minutes with, with the vest. And the other people were laughing. The other two were coaches, and they're like, we knew that something was up. The look on your face when you came in and you were mad as can be that everybody else was ahead of you and, hey, just put it up and went to town. So those are my two favorite uh, Murph stories. Uh, what, what, oh, <laughs> oh, that's just that, – that's a little crazy. <laughs> Peyton, uh, is it crazy? Yes, that's crazy. What, being, being Jason Dunning's son, I mean – do you join him with stuff or uh sometimes do you sometimes he he did the murph what three years ago yeah I yeah beat him. i beat him did you yeah <laughs> he, be, he beat me in the murph are, are your calves gonna be the same i don't want them to be like that <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> uh you had said you told me to was it seven murphs in a day yeah that you worked up to doing so two? so in in preparation for World's Toughest Mudder, which is a uh, again is a 24-hour race, you know I I don't have the time to go and train for long sustained runs, and the obstacles are so beyond normal you can't go and and replicate them. So it's like okay, you've got to put yourself through training in preparation for that. So you're ready for it, you know, and, and, you know, I, I, I think about the, the, the quote that if you fail to prepare, you're preparing to fail. So it's like, okay, I've got to get creative on how to train for 24 hours of being constant. And I'm not saying I run the whole time because I don't, it's just do not stop, do not stop. And for us, World's Toughest Mudder has become a, and all of the Tough Mudders have become a family event. You know, they are part of my pit crew. They come out on the course. They know at certain points along the way what I need, what to get ready. And I'm not going to, like I said, sacrifice that and go, okay, I'm gone. So we got to get creative about this. So what I did was I was going to run a mile every hour for 24 hours. Well, one of the ways that I could do that was 
to do the MRF, the mile before and the mile of the after, during that rollover time. So like at 8.40, I would start running the first mile, do the work, and then at 9.15, 9.20 or whatever, I'm doing the second mile. So that counts as, and I just want to see, I'm like, I'm just going to do the MRF, see how many times I can do this, because it allowed for the, in my mind, the training for the obstacles of doing that when you're tired when you're fatigued and it's easy it's convenient it's there and so yeah so i did did eight mers in 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 one in one day yes. i i'm not like really really good at math but that's a lot that's a lot miles and push-ups and pull-ups and pull-ups and, and, and squats and, like yeah like that's 300 squats every round that's it's because, it's because he's below six foot. I mean, I, I, but I can understand if they were calf raises, but they're squats. They're squats, you know? yes. And it, it just became, you know, that, well, why are you doing that? Well, one, because I can. And two, it's a way of training, you know, for worlds. You know, it's it just, a, just a funny story about worlds is, you know, Worlds, if I could do anything, I wish Worlds was not when it was. It's not in November, okay? Because the reason why we have been very, very successful over the years at Marion, and so every year, not only do I have to pay for the entry fee to Worlds, but I've got to buy also buy the insurance in case we are still playing. And so it, it's crazy, you know, I trained. There was no Worlds because of covid they did a virtual one where you had to set up your own course, but then there was no actual Worlds, so everything rolled over. Well, it just so happened that this year Worlds was going to be in Vegas, which I was excited about, but it was the same weekend as the quarterfinals. And this past season, we, uh, we had a tremendous season. And so it's funny, we were going to Mascuda for a second-round playoff game. Well... My wife had a list of stuff that either way, Monday was going to be big because if we won the game, the whole way home, she had to cancel airfare, cancel hotel rooms, cancel transportation, cancel stuff that we had excursions that we were going to go because the, the environment in Vegas is not what Southern Illinois is. So, going to get there we were planning on flying out monday morning to go to vegas to get acclimated to things out there so we go to mascuda and we win a heck of a second round game so the whole way home she's canceling all this stuff you know had we not beat mascuda we were flying out monday morning with the goal of worlds and i got i got asked the question well isn't that disheartening i'm like no, it's freaking awesome because, you know, yes, I got in shape. Yes, I put my through, put myself through all this training. But once again, I put myself through the training to get myself in shape and get myself stronger mentally and physically. You know, if the race happened, the race happened. If it didn't happen, it didn't. And, you know, but I learned a lot about myself in that preparation. And... You know, and it goes back to football and the Marion Wildcats and my coaching is the number one thing. And so 
if I don't get to race, I don't get to race. We carry it over and there'll be another opportunity somewhere down the road. And all of this stuff I know is helping me prepare to what the big goal is. And that is to be as successful as I can. Because I think back to, you know, if you'd have told me six years ago, or if you guys would have yelled at us when we ran the Tough Mother together that, hey, you're going to do 75 miles in 24 hours. You're going to achieve that. I'd be like, you are out of your mind. But it's gotten to the point where, hey, you're just going to do it. And it's like, you know, you find that place to push yourself. And it's become a, it be, it's become a journey that, you know, the, they ask now, why do you continue? I'm like, because it's easier to continue to push now than to stop and try to rebuild that back up. And I don't want to go through that part. I'll just continue to push myself here. All right, J.D. Okay. Just to, to wrap this up and to talk about the main thing. So let's say someone listens to this podcast and they get a hold of you on social media. They yep. send you a question. Yep. And they say, what's the one thing I can do to increase my mental toughness? What's the one thing you tell them? Continue to push yourself. Because what's on the other side of that wall, you will be amazed. But you got to be willing to go through that. Continue to push, continue to push, and you will find that the ceiling, the cap that we put on ourselves, don't do it. Don't, don't, don't think that you can't do something because once you get through, you will be absolutely amazed on what it is. And it carries over, Justin, you brought up earlier. It's not just the physical. It's easy to talk about the physical because that's our wheelhouse. But it's of anything. Saving money, doing this, you know, reading, whatever it is. Don't, don't, don't place self-limitations on anything. Yeah. And I think just, just continue to work and then you're going to find that you will be blown away about what's on the other side of that wall. Agreed. A good, good starting point for anybody. Okay. So last question. Okay. I sent it to you earlier this week. So you could be thinking, um, you know, we, we always say to each other that it's a simple question, but it's a hard one to answer if you really, if you really give some thought. So, um, so that's why we want you to have some time (laughs) to think about it ahead of time. So, um, Last question. When when all, all the hats are taken off at the core of everything, who is Jason Dunning? I think Jason Dunning is a very simple-minded person that is very driven, very passionate. He, he loves his family. He loves what he's doing. He loves life. He loves coaching. He's a, um, he's a Christian. Um, and he tries every day to live life to the absolute fullest. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to have any regrets. I don't want to, whenever the time comes, look back and go, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. So I try to be positive, be enthusiastic, love life, love my family, love my kids, love my coaching, be passionate about it and continue to try to work to encourage and build better people for our uh, our society that's that's a great answer (laughs) 
I agree. I think that's who Jason Dunning is. <laughs> I appreciate that. Man. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you guys. This has been awesome. You know, and there's a, I think it's first Timothy four, eight, I believe. And it, it says, and um, maybe paraphrasing, but it's beneficial to train physically, but it's even more beneficial to train spiritually. And through all the stuff that we've talked about today, and we've mentioned it a couple of times that one plays into the other mm-hmm. and you have to have a mixture of both because the benefits everyone benefits the other correct and i think you've laid that out pretty pretty clearly today i try i'm me this is this is this is who i am and i i don't and and i think back to the very start of this your words have been encouraging your words have been you know special i just don't i don't see myself as that i don't do i don't do any of this for pats on the back you know i don't coach for the wins and losses i don't teach for the praise i just try to do everything i can to the best of my ability and when that ability grows i'm going to continue to push to try to encourage people and be the best person i can be love it love it all right peyton you have anything you want to add before we go no no okay (laughs) all right all right hey uh first off thank you that was great Thank you. Um, enjoyed our time. I mean, we, we could sit here and talk for hours. Yes. I mean, we talked for over an hour, and I think we could just keep going. But, you know, unfortunately, we got to wrap this up. So when we wrap it up, uh, we ask all listeners just to do one thing, and that's pay the fee. And our fee is to share our show. If if we made you think differently, and holy cow, if you were not challenged by today's talk, then you <laughs> might need to check your pulse. But if you were challenged, <laughs> if you were encouraged, uh, if, if, if anything, if we made you think differently about something, if you enjoyed the show, all we ask is that you share it because, once again, our mission is to connect and help as many like-minded people as possible. Uh, we want to help fill the gaps um, in your life, whether that's physical, spiritual, mentally. Um, we want to be there, and we want this show. That's what this is about. So please share our show, um, and we would greatly appreciate it. Give us a review. and. Uh, we thank you. And also let's make sure we check out the Marion Wildcats this fall as uh, coach Kerry Martin and, and JD take the, take the field. You know, obviously you can look at history. They're very successful on the field, but they're even more successful at, at teaching young men how to be men in the future. And I think that's what's special. So let's give them sure. our full support and, and cheer them on this fall. So other than that, I think that's a wrap. All right. We're good. Thank you guys. All appreciate right. It. We, we appreciate everybody. And we'll check you later.